Welcome to Loose Change, our regular look at what's happening in the fintech world and the people making it all happen. Uh, for today's episode, which is a, a, a special episode, we're joined by uh, Graham Miller from O&M, and that's following the exciting news that uh, Iris have acquired O&M in the last uh, uh, in the last day or so. So, a welcome, Graham. Thank you very much. Yeah. Good afternoon. Uh, and congratulations. Yes, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, it was uh, it was quite a uh, it's one of those processes that uh, you probably wouldn't want to go through again. But uh, we're, <laughs> we're we're out the other side, and uh, I, I do understand what due diligence means now. <laughs> Very true. Um, well, look, Graham, we've known each other for for, for many years. Um, uh, I think we were probably both a little less grey when we first met. Um, uh, but it's good to now finally be working at, at the same place with you. Yeah, in, indeed. Yeah, it has been has been some years. So, uh, but yeah, looking forward to it. Good stuff. Um, well, well, we'll touch a little bit more on what that could mean for uh, O&M Iris and our mutual clients as well as our staff um, as we go through this. But I, I wanted to start off by sort of getting to know you a little bit. And I, I don't know if you listened to any of these podcasts before, but we always have a little bit of a quick fire quiz at the start of these. Now, I wanted to make this one a special one for you, Graham. Um, so we wanted to focus in on Essex because you are a firm based in Essex. Um, <laughs> Essex is a county, not many people know this, but Essex is a county that's very close to my heart. I met my wife at Romford YMCA. Um, <laughs> uh, and, uh, um, uh, you know, so, so it's, it's, a, it's a, a county that I know a little bit about, lived there for a little bit of time as well. So are you ready for our quick fire quiz? And we're not allowed to do Essex jokes or is this all uh, you Well, you can. <laughs> as long as they're clean, as long as they're clean. Okay. Let's say no. <laughs> uh, yeah, keep it to no, yeah. Um, okay, so I'm going to start off with a, a high, a, well, reasonably high-level question. Do you know where the name Essex comes from? No, I don't, but I know you're going to tell me. <laughs> ah, well, <laughs> uh, it's, it's from the Anglo-Saxon name, and I think it meant East Saxons, and that's how they got to... Uh, uh, Essex has sort of merged it to East X and then eventually Essex. Ah, excellent stuff. Uh, so what do you think the population of Essex is now? <laughs> to the nearest to the nearest 100,000. Come on, you, how long have you lived in Essex? Oh, well, actually, I've lived in Suffolk all my life. So, oh, oh really? Oh, so, oh, well, so you're, definitely, <laughs> you're definitely on the wrong quiz here. <laughs> but, so you're so, based in Essex. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. We literally, uh, we're right on the uh, Essex-Suffolk border here. So uh, you've got a real mixture of staff who are some are Suffolk, some are Essex, and obviously some are. Is there any rivalry there? there? No, no, no. I think if you go um, Suffolk Norfolk, that's where you get the uh, the, the true rivalry and, and discussions about fingers and, and counting and that kind of stuff. <laughs> in Essex, uh, Essex, Essex is a little, little bit less of it. I don't know how many, I haven't got a clue how many there must be. Go on, give us a go. There must be a million people. In Essex, uh, you, you're not too far. 1.5 million. Uh, 1.5 okay. million. So we're, we're there. Um, now, um, another little-known fact uh, about myself is um, my stag weekend was actually, or stag night, was in South End, which <laughs> <laughs> I lead a classy life, as you can tell. Um, now, South End is famous for having the longest pier uh, or pleasure pier in the world. How long do you think that pier is? I think it's a mile long. It's, yeah, it's not far off, far, just over a mile, 1.3 miles uh, uh, long. I don't remember actually seeing it on our, my stag <laughs> night, but um, there we go. Um, and I, I guess uh, Essex also has the longest, or it might be the second longest coastline uh, in um, 
in the UK, um, or maybe it's in England. Um, with that comes a number of islands, and it has the most islands, uh, more islands than any other English county. Uh, how many islands do you think there are within Essex? <laughs> um, I'm stretching your knowledge. Oh, you, you are. I could name a couple, but uh, I'm going to say there are 12. 35, not oh, even close. 35. Okay. Now, now this next one maybe is a little bit more random, so I want want you to delve into your imagination for this one. Uh, do you know uh, Do you know Danbury Common near Chelmsford? I don't know Danbury Common. I know I've I've been past Danbury once. So uh, okay. That's well, my... Dan Danbury's famous for having the largest population of something in Britain. <laughs> what do you think it's famous for? <laughs> I've got to be so careful here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna get you in trouble, aren't I? I I wouldn't have a clue. I'm gonna say ostriches. It's a creative, and you're on the right lines. It's it's adder snakes. Oh. It's adder snakes. So don't don't be careful if you're walking there. Now, now my my final um, uh, Essex-based question is: there is a famous tournament which is actually i think the oldest tournament in the united kingdom which is called the flitch trials do you know what the flitch trials is and what uh, happens at the flitch trials well flitch is a uh, a name for a piece of bacon i know that from my uh, my my sort of history and the winners of this tournament actually get a flitch of bacon mm. so i'm i'm assuming it's it's a how you far get half a point for that it, it, well it's how, how far you can throw a flitch i reckon is my uh, is my guess on that one if only well as a vegetarian i shouldn't say if only <laughs> but um uh, no it's actually a competition where couples have to prove who is most devoted to each other and each couple has to convince the judge that they haven't regretted their marriage once in the past year and a day um, and they do. <laughs> they can win. Uh, right. So I think we discovered you actually don't know that much about Essex, and I haven't got any questions from Suffolk. So uh, we we, <laughs> we better move on to the business side of things. So um, um, as I say, look, really excited to be working with you again, and really excited to be working with O and M. It's a, a brand of business that I've known for a long time. Um, some of our listeners may not know of it. Can you sum up what O&M does and the, the value it uh, offers in the marketplace? Yeah, sure. I mean, we've, uh, we were formed in 1992. So the O&M came from um, my name and John Orlop's name. So we took a letter from each of our names. Um, John and I were IFAs in those days. Um, providing services to high net worth clients, did a lot of single premium um, pension contributions and John created a number of uh, tools essential spreadsheets for um, what we call best advice in those days if you're you're probably old enough to remember, remember best, yeah, best sadly, advice yes, yeah. <laughs> and, I, and I guess we've been in fintech before it was called fintech because um, again yeah. it's one of those modern expressions so essentially what we we've done over the years is a lot of essential number crunching um, a lot of what we do is file content for advisors um, really to help them justify their advice and back up um, what they're recommending. So um, a lot of it is behind the scenes. Increasingly now it's more customer facing um, tools, but essentially it's tools for, tools for financial advisors. So I guess we made our name. We were comparing charges uh, in the old days. Again, this will test your test your age, but um, the Loutro quote system in the old days. Had, I remember yeah. Loutro. I'm, really, I'm not sure I could admit that, but yeah. yeah. Well, that, there was this wonderful system we had in the olden days that um, meant all the illustrations looked the same. 
um, yeah. to, to help people. And obviously it didn't help people because you didn't know if you were going into an expensive contract or, or a cheap contract. And um, essentially we set up spreadsheets that uh, basically programmed what we called the real charges um, into a software tool. And we used it for our own benefit. And then um, a couple of uh, broker consultants came along and said, you ought to sell this because nobody else is doing this kind of stuff. So that's really how O&M was born. That was the, the history lesson, um, if so you like. Is your background then uh, originally of, uh, as, as a financial, you were a practicing financial Yeah, advisor, yeah. I, I left, yeah, my, my sort of history, if you like, I left school at um, 17, um, so just before my 18th birthday, joined General Accident, who uh, kind of got merged into the Aviva group over the years with all the other. Via CGNU, CGNU. <laughs> yeah. All, all yeah. yeah, all of those Provident Mutuals and, and all of those names that have, have kind of disappeared now. So, um, that was really where I started out. And, and I guess like a lot of people, the road to being an IFA was via an insurance company. Um, we joined a company, we trained and we went, you know, we got put out as broker consultants and then um, got offered jobs as IFAs. And, and obviously that route doesn't really exist now because the, all the branch officers have gone. So IFAs have to be uh, trained in, uh, in other ways. But uh, essentially I became an IFA when I was 25. Um, John and I co-founded O&M when I was 29. And, and so O&M's been around now for 28 years um, this year. So uh, that's the kind of uh, history. John's still around. He retired when he was 65. Uh, he's 83 now. So uh, still, still, still going well. Um, Great. But, uh, but yeah, that, that's the history of how we uh, came to be where we are now. Ah, and, and so, so it's all about data, isn't it? And understanding that data to help people make uh, the right decisions on which products to, to secure is that, is that is that fair yeah essentially and and I think that sits at the heart of the um, the reason we're so excited about the deal because often we'll be showing IFAs our our systems calculators whether it's drawdown review or, or, or whatever it is and they'll be saying oh it's great but I've got to get my data in there um, and obviously links links with back office systems are sort of common now but I, I think the real opportunity and we'll probably come on to it later is, is the ability really of taking our tools that, that are fantastic at what they do and just having them full of data from day one. Uh, yeah, and, yeah. And I think that's... Uh, and I think the other, from our side, is exactly the, the, the same. We have, um, you know, reams of data, and it's, and it's rich data quite often. Um, and then they obviously want to use tools that have the expertise. And we have a number of tools ourselves, clearly, but the, there is this gap, which you're filling for us, which we don't, uh, which we don't have. And, and we're really keen to, to fill in, but to be able to save the client having to then start all that data entry again by having such a close relationship is going to be really powerful and uh, and offer our clients a lot I think. Yeah I agree and I think the you know we hear this kind of expression sort of one-stop shop bandied about so much and I'm not sure any of us have truly created ever a one-stop shop or even exists but uh, but I think the combination of the two businesses certainly gets us a lot closer to achieving yeah. that goal for the uh, for the IFA community. So, so I mean, you, that's how you bought O&M to market and where you play with O&M in the market. But I, I guess there are competition to you out there. Um, why do they buy from you and not the competition? What, what's, the, what's the essence of O&M that gives you that competitive advantage? I, I think the important thing with, um, with anything, obviously um, tools like ours, we have competition and systems like this are price sensitive. Something like... Uh, 
the O&M system, the uh, profiler system we have, it's quite easy to get into the contract and quite easy to get out of the contract. And that's the, the same for our competitors, say Selector Pension, who are very similar um, situation to us. Something like a back office system, so whether it's Iris or uh, you know the IntelliFlow software or whatever it is they choose to use, are more long-term decisions. So I yep. think it's important for us to uh, keep on our toes. Um, and I think crucial to that, I think, is that the, the IFAs want more for the same. Well, they'd, they'd yeah. rather have more for less, obviously, but it's always <laughs> been a, con a continuation of this sort of a, a software development right from day one. We'll always be adding features and functionality um, because people aren't locked in uh, and they, they, you, you only upset them the once and then they'll, they'll be off up the road to, uh, to a competitor. Whereas I suppose a back office system in your world, it takes a big decision to switch back office. Um, yep. And so that's great if you've got them, <laughs> but obviously it's more difficult if you're trying to, trying to get them. But something like O and M, we really is a, you know, it's quite a sort of fluid market. So um, and, and and I've seen kind of how you've addressed that by driving the product forward over the times that we've worked together. And, and you know, when I saw in this recent process a uh, uh, demonstration of the software now, it, it has moved on so far from you know ten years ago when we were. I, th I think I wrote an article about you in my journalistic days about ten years ago. And, and, and what you had there and what you have now, you know, the user experience is very different. It is. And I, and I think it's interesting. And often, you know, people don't perhaps read your, I'm sure your articles are perfect, but the uh, people don't often read everything that we tell them or, or that comes out. And we have situations on a weekly basis where someone will say, yeah, I use so-and-so for my cash flow modeling or, or, or so-and-so for, for something else. And you say, well, actually, you've already got that functionality in the system. <laughs> you've just yeah. not searched for it or found it. Or, or perhaps we haven't done a good enough job in telling you um, that it's there. So um, I, I think that's the, the key, really, is getting the message out that um, it does a lot more than, than yeah. perhaps they're using it for these days. And of course, IFAs are finding themselves now with, I don't know, and half a dozen different systems. You know, and a lot of these systems, they only use every now and again. And I think the key sort of strength here is people can be using one back office system. We've got a wealth of other tools. So hopefully they can then sort of look at the O&M profile or ESP package. Now, whether that's in alignment with Iris or they're using another back office, I don't think it really matters. But I think the IFAs really, uh, you know, don't have to have so many tools. Um, yeah, I, I, I agreed. And, and, and getting that joined up process between ourselves and yourselves you know we're giving people a, a, a you know bringing more and more one in into that maybe not one-stop shop but mm. a, a closer vision I, of a, a I, single place to go yeah i think the other thing that's important to us is if they're stuck although it's modern times and there's lots of fancy new ways of communicating ifa stick was i think chris we pick the phone up you know, if they have a problem, they're stuck with a case, they're trying to use the system, they can pick it up and you and speak to a human. Do, do you know what I was gonna? I was gonna say one of the reasons when I speak to people in the market that use yourselves, that um, they've chosen yourselves and stick with yourselves, has been um, that they trust the information and the data that they're getting. Um, because you know, if they're making advice based on that data. That's so important, uh, and I think there is this um, robustness to uh, the way that you're perceived in the market that you you. That you create, that you collect the data, that you display the data, that you process data, that that robustness to your approach, I think, has been been important, and 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 part of that comes because you speak to people on one to one, and they know you as individuals. Yeah, and I think this has all evolved really because we we put a lot of effort into making the reports um, 
sort of quality with sort of client facing attributes so we're really putting the effort in there and we've seen over the last kind of five or ten years where people have said actually at one point they were just sticking something on file and said well I need it on file for my compliance but now they're really moving and finding well actually the FCA is saying I've got to um, declare their remuneration I've got to give a certain amount of information so we're finding the kind of the quality of the reports we have a massive amount of effort into them and that that's coming good because I think IFAs are now they've moved on a step and rather yep. than just having some back covering document they're, they're actually wanting a lot more besides yeah so that comes sort of links to my next question which was if you were to distill down the business benefits that um an IFA gets from using your software and you were to say look these are the top three things that they will benefit from what would those be? I think the sitting at the heart of our software will always be the pension switching tool. So, so yeah. that if we're looking at functionality, um, that sits there. I think the um, inclusion of occasional tools as well. So, it's obviously, the DB market is in a bit of a kind of turmoil at the moment. You might have been coming onto that later anyway. But um, the ability to take some very, very dull calculations in the TBC and instantly flip them into a cash flow modeling environment to produce the, the ABTA, we, we think is important. And I think that ability to really flick from the dull to the to the more exciting is crucial. Yeah. Um, and, and I think the cash flow, cash flow modeling, obviously there's literally dozens of cash flow modeling tools around and, and IFAs pay their money, don't they, and, and, and take their choice. But um, I, I think the other business benefit they get is that we're actually always looking for the next thing. And yep. um, on that one, we're, we're hanging our hat on um, drawdown reviews. Because we're okay. we're just taking the view. The obviously the DB market is kind of polarized really. You had a situation five or ten years ago where only specialists were dealing in DB. Obviously pension yep. pension freedoms came along and there was a massive increase in the number of IFAs in that market. And obviously the PA PI market's hardened now. And um, obviously there's a, there's a sort of exodus away from the uh, yeah. um, that market. Well, sometimes the centralization of it as well, isn't it? So yeah, you're right. I know lots of people that have, have moved away, but I've seen other people that have just built it into a centralized type pool. To, yeah, to and and I think in, in some way, in some ways, that's a good thing because because I think it's if if you're only doing one or two a year, um, you know, that's quite a tough a, t a tough call. I think, and yep. so I think the uh, the market the market certainly uh, moved there. But going back to going back to drawdown, they always say follow the money, don't they? And there's a huge amount of money as as left DB and yep. um, gone into drawdown. And of course, at the end of the day, with the drawdown plan, um, yes, face it, I'd, I'd always say it's better than annuity because annuity rates are so poor. But there's a real yep. possibility someone's going to start running out of money. And um, and obviously, we've seen you know events over the last couple of weeks with the stock market and coronavirus. All of a sudden, those discussions that IFAs are having, you know, the the kind of the, we've got a market shock feature in our um, software, as I'm sure lots lots of others have. But yeah. I think, if, if they haven't, then they <laughs> will do after And, and you, you look at it now, and you you're thinking those are the those are the tools that that will be used more and more. And you probably speak to a number of IFA customers of ours and say, "Oh, I didn't know you had that." Um, yeah. So, uh, so I think a lot more tools. Um, we certainly uh, on the drawdown review stuff. We we produce some initial um, calculation and functionality, really, of giving you the kind of heads up of how much is in your pot, how much are you taking, when are you going to run out. So, yep. um, and those kind of simple questions. Well, you know, 
we need the child's getting married we need 30 grand for, to pay for the wedding what difference does it make and it's those instant answers to those common questions that we believe will uh, really be benefiting so, the ifa so if i was to say like from an ifa's perspective dealing with you they're enhancing their service proposition they're doing that at a at an affordable but repeatable consistent basis um and at the end of it they you know they got the evidence that they've done it effectively both for the client and for any regulatory support is that a, a fair summary of yeah where they get it? it is is a fair summary and I, I think the other thing to bear in mind is that people will look at O&M and say we're, we're constantly developing but actually most of the time we're constantly developing with other people's ideas it'll be yeah. the IFAs that in through those support calls um, and and through the interaction with our trainers uh, development managers that kind of stuff we don't have to write our list. It gets written for us. Uh, and I yep. think the important thing is not just to sit there saying, well, that's the system and that's what it does. It is always be looking for the, the next development to keep, yeah, keep, keep moving improving, on. Keep improving. Yeah. Yep. So, uh, so let's go back to the acquisition then. Um, what does that mean to your client bank um, and to your staff? Well, I, th I think we'll take the take the let's take the important people first, and, and look at look, and, and apologies to the IFAs and our clients at the moment. But I think the important uh, the important thing is here um, is the staff and the uh, the people in Colchester. You mentioned Essex. Most of our staff are in and around Essex and the, and the Suffolk borders, and, and obviously they've they've been with. Um, o and M. Some of them been with us for sort of twenty odd years. One over twenty five years. One of our developers mm -hmm. have been with us. So you know, literally man and man and boy. So I think the I mentioned I started work when I was seventeen, um, just before eighteen, and I'm coming up to sort of fifty eight. Well, I've just turned fifty seven, fifty eight. So by December uh, or January, I'll, I'll be uh, forty years um, at work. And um, so from from my point of view, I was looking for retirement. Uh, and obviously mm -hmm. Iris knew that absolutely from the start and, and really working with Iris uh, and the the plan that we've agreed and, and put together is Colchester will be retained as a base and obviously yeah. that was that was crucial um, for our plans and um, and the plan really for me personally is to oversee the uh, the integration the merger um, I'm going to be around till um, the end of the year um, to to put that in place and then I'm going to be looking to retire um, the important thing is we wanted a good home for the business uh, and, and I, think I think that came across in the process, actually, and I think that's one of the things I know the, the management team here were really impressed with was the, the, the passion for making this a sustainable transaction where both the staff and the clients would be looked after for a, for a period of time and, and, and the focus that you had on that because you know this is a was a two-way dating process um, uh, you know the, 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 the focus you had on that in choosing uh, someone to to take the business into, you know, was really impressive. Mm, and it was a choice because we have, uh, you know, from our point of view, it was a choice because we we get contacted. There aren't many independent businesses left, so literally yeah. every week there will be a private equity firm or a venture capital firm will be contacting us out of the blue and saying, you know, are you thinking of selling? Here's our plans. But you look at the way that they operate, um, and they'll they'll be perhaps locking me in for many more years and then we're driving five years in which time they just want to get rid of the business again in five years to move on to their next um, acquisition and that wasn't what I wanted for O&M you know I really wanted yep. it to be, to be part of a secure group that wanted it for the long term not just somebody looking to turn it over and get the multiples and, and move on.
Okay. Well, so if you're talking about staff, it's probably time for me to give you my wisdom on dealing with Australians because <laughs> we have a lot of Australians that 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 work for us here. Um, so, so, so my 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 first life lesson for dealing with Australians is never ever serve instant coffee. Um, I remember a story when, when we when we acquired Avello, I remember going to the management meeting the first time and um, the head PA came out and served instant coffee to the Iris management team. The next day, new coffee machines were bought for the entire <laughs> building. <laughs> so it, it, my, my first advice is, uh, is, is around that. My, my second advice is language is very different. Um, so uh, there are words they say that we really wouldn't and there's words that we say that they really wouldn't. And I, and I can't go into them on this podcast, but uh, <laughs> uh, you, you need to look into them. And my third and final tip is that they think they're really good at sport and they're really, really bad at it. <laughs> so um, uh, you have to learn how not to gloat um, when you do better in the rugby and the cricket and the football um, and the athletics. So uh, I'm, I'm struggling with that one personally, but um, but I think you, you're probably more skilled. No, but you're, you're digging a perfect hole for yourself, so I'm not, I'm not going to join. <laughs> I'll leave. I have noticed I've been called Buddy a lot more than I've ever been called Buddy. It's <laughs> uh, a good thing. So what about, what about the clients? Yeah, so, uh, what does it mean to the clients? Yeah, I, I think it's important to stress for the clients because often you see these situations and the IFAs will, will, will shrug their shoulders and say, Oh, I suppose this means I need to use Iris then, and and I think it's important to stress that this you know clearly the benefits of of the two businesses working together is is a sort of really sort of tightly integrated package of uh, of tools. So somebody using X Plan, um, and there's obviously quite an overlap already of, of firms using both X Plan. Yeah. Uh, an O&M profiler and obviously those guys will benefit immediately so the link is already there it's being launched I think next week um, the initial link that we've got between the tools so that will be stage one um, far deeper integration um, for those by those guys going forward and that's 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 really exciting to uh, to see and work on I think for the others there, there is no plan whatsoever and again this was important for us to suddenly make O&M profiler ESP disappear it's a standalone yeah. tool. It already links with um, tools like Time for Advice and Plum Software and IntelliFlow. You know, those links are already there. They're established and they'll certainly remain um, as far as everyone's concerned. So they, nobody's corralling them into some sort of no, iris area. I think that's important. Look, we, we believe in choice um, and, um, you know, th there are good reasons why we think people would want to work with the two companies together because the integration will, will be very tight and uh, we believe X-Plan is the best product in the market and O&M is the best product in the market. But we're not the only people that have a view and there are many, <laughs> many, many reasons why, you know, as you mentioned before, some of the back office products are quite sticky out there. So it might not be time to move. It might not be ready for that. For, it might not be the right product for that firm. So, um, you know, we, we, we understand that, you know, we need to keep that independent option open and those integrations are, are open as well. And, and I think that choice to clients is a mature way of doing business. Mm -hmm. No, I completely agree. Well, Graham, thanks ever so much for joining us on the podcast. Um, I really enjoyed uh, catching up. Um, and for our listeners, uh, we will be having another podcast very shortly. Look out for it and join us again for more Loose Change. Thanks, Graham. Thanks so much. Bye.